Chapter 5 The tracks of the underground trolley tunnel were sprawling and stretched for hundreds of miles in hundreds of directions. They stretched beyond the center of New Bravo City to the outer ring of New Bravo City to just plain outside New Bravo City and all the way to what could only be described as the middle of nowhere. We're in the middle of nowhere, Silverbell announced as she and Louie emerged from the underground trolley into the newly beginning day. They had ridden the train for hours, debating and bickering and arguing about which stop to get off at and which train to get on and just where exactly the music makers had been lost and where they could be found. But the argument had gotten them nowhere. Well, it had gotten them somewhere, which was in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Louis confirmed, looking at the flat land with its flat green grass below and flat blue sky above them, and no buildings or signs to tell them where at all they were. Where are we? I don't know. Silverbell admitted, though she hated to admit such things. There are no buildings or signs. Why would they have a trolley stop where there is nothing to stop at? He asked. Train's gotta stop somewhere. Silverbell answered obviously. Yeah, but this train stopped in the middle of nowhere. Louis reminded her, as if it weren't perfectly evident to both of them that there was nothing of any value, interest, or importance around. Well, one thing we can safely say is that we don't want to be here. Silverbell said. So we should probably get moving. And off she began to walk across the long, lonely landscape. Where are you going? Louie asked, running after her. But all Silverbell could offer him was a shrug. Somewhere else, since staying here isn't doing us any good. She reasoned reasonably. But do you know where you're going? It was a fair question, but not one that Silverbell had a fair answer to. No. The more she admitted that she didn't know something, the less irritating she found it. Was this perhaps personal development? Silverbell smiled, thinking of how pleased with herself she would be if it was. Then should I be following you? Louie asked meekly. Probably not, she conceded. You can lead the way if you want. I can't lead. The very thought of such a thing seemed to frighten the young boy into pieces. Oh, okay. I'll lead then, Silverbell decided. But you don't know where you're going, Louie reminded her. Then let's figure it out. The world was quiet around them with only the sound of grass beneath their feet and the long, heavy sigh that Silverbell let out as she began to think. How does one go about finding someone when you don't know where they are? You wander aimlessly and hope you get lucky? Louis suggested, though his sad tone made it clear that he knew this was not a good suggestion. Wait, Louis, how did you find me? It was quite a crazy random happenstance that they were brought together, especially with the music makers being so rare and the world being so large. Well, I came through a portal. Louis reminded her. You saw it yourself. Yeah, but when you put that flute to your lips and played your tune, why did the portal send you to me and not to the top of Mount Rhapsody or the middle of Legato Lagoon? She said slowly. Because... He said slowly. Because... He repeated even more slowly. Louis was clearly in deep thought. I just didn't want to be where I was anymore. Well, I don't want to be where I am currently, Silverbell told him. Let's get out your flute and get going to somewhere better. But what if it takes us somewhere worse? Louis asked, though he timidly pulled the flute from its hiding place in the leather case. I don't know how to control it. Oh, that's fair. Silverbell grunted at the obstacle of ignorance. It was scary not knowing where you were going, especially if where you had been had not always been so great. But has your flute ever led you astray before? Louis was silent for a long moment as he thought about it. No. He realized finally, smiling down at his flute like the old trustworthy friend it was. 
Neither has my violin, Silverbell told him. I have a feeling that we are in safe hands with them. Louie looked up at her with bright eyes and a bright smile. Well, then let's get to going, declared Louie with his flute at the ready. Louie had been sitting in the long, lonely grass for ten minutes, doing absolutely nothing. Meanwhile, Silverbell stood above him, doing just the same. Absolutely nothing. Louie! Silverbell whispered as she stared down on the boy. His eyes were shut, his breathing slow, and his hands were wrapped tightly around his flute. Yes? He whispered back. What are you doing? She then asked at a normal volume, now knowing at least he wasn't asleep. I'm trying to focus. Louie explained as he took in another slow, deep breath. You've been focusing for ten minutes, she bemoaned. Sometimes it takes me ten minutes to focus. He was so gentle, even when she was not. You haven't even touched your flute. Silverbell sighed, now beginning to wonder if she was going to spend the rest of her life in this field. I'm touching it right now. He corrected. I meant with, you know, the air. Your air. What I mean is you haven't played it. She babbled as she grew defensive. Okay, I'm ready, Louis said, popping his eyes open and hopping to his feet. Oh, thank goodness. Silverbell cheered sarcastically. Don't know why we needed all the ceremony. I get anxious when I play, he told her truthfully. Well, I get anxious about everything, but, you know, also when I play... This is becoming obvious, Silverbell grumbled. But there's nothing to be anxious about here. It's just a big, empty field in the middle of nowhere! Silverbow shouted into the nothingness around them. Yes, there's nothing to be anxious about, he said, though it seemed to be more as a reminder for himself than anything else. All right, Louis, let's hear it. You got this. Silverbell offered up her best encouragement. Louis took in one last deep breath, raised his flute to his lips, and with anxious little eyes and anxious little fingers, he played. Smooth and clear, Silverbell heard the notes of the familiar tune slide out of the flute with clean precision and a sweet simplicity. It was beautiful, and in that moment Silverbell saw Louis Barembe as the truly talented music maker he was. It was a tune she knew well, a tune she thought she understood. Yet even though it was the same notes and the same song, in the adept hands of Louis Barembe, it was something different, something wonderfully new, and perfectly the same all at once. And then, the portal opened. Appearing out of thin air, graceful blue and green spirals fluttered into existence, spinning around and round until they were like a whirlpool floating before their eyes. Silverbell's jaw dropped, for though she had seen it before, she had never seen its beauty and its shuddering power in the light of day. It was like looking into a roaring ocean, but instead, the ocean was standing up and looking right back at her. You can't see through it! How do we know what we're getting ourselves into? Silverbell was suddenly the nervous one, a feeling that was quite unlike her, and much more like her new friend. Don't worry. Louis told her loudly over the rush of the portal. I'm scared too. And then he held out his hand for her. Silverbell looked at his hand, never having considered that one could be both afraid and brave at the same time. Silverbell took the hand being offered her, and together... They walked through the portal.